We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode here, Underworld Stack Fest. I am not Eric Bimefor. He's on a bye week. I'm Justin Carlucci, the Luch. If you follow our GN scores and odds, you might know who I am. I have some massive shoes to fill here because Bimefor is so good at what he does. This show is awesome. So I'm so thrilled to be here with Dario and Matt this week. How you doing, Dario? Good to see you. Pretty good. You know, we're making it through the season. Now we're starting to get bye weeks. It's pretty pretty crazy to think it's like where the real meat of the season is here and we've got all this running back chalk from all these injuries and it just feels like the the grind is setting in on a whole nother level absolutely and i apologize if i sound super nasally i'm, I'm a gtd myself got battling a little cold here it's the flu show maybe i don't know um but we're gonna power through it Matt, we had some late-breaking news, my man. It looks like we're going to add another chalk running back to the list this week. Yeah. Oh, oh by the way, you, you mentioned this is a great show. Do you do you like this show personally? Do you, do you yeah. listen to it? Do you watch it? Yeah. I, I went back and watched a few episodes, so I didn't sound like a, a total idiot when I would try to you know, make this conversation worthwhile. But I, I think you guys are fantastic, and um, I, I just it's such a great st- strategic show. The industry needs more of this, plus the name is badass. Underworld Stackfest. I don't know who came up with that, but kudos to to whoever. I don't. It was. I think it, Eric or I were were were, were kicking things <laughs> around. Whether he had a couple options and I chose Stackfest, or I threw Stackfest and he loved it. I don't know. It was it was a collaboration name. It was a great name. Do you remember Dario? I I think you're being a little humble. I think, I think was you it just did. straight up my I idea. It, I think it was your. It was just straight up. You, you. I think you and I were brainstorming one day. Okay, I think it was straight up my idea. Yeah. <laughs> so there it is. Yes. 
I like naming stuff. I'm I'm pretty you know. I'll, I'll, I'll that's maybe the best thing. Uh, yeah. If, if Dario, the analysis and the uh, you know the the player profile, our lineup genius, doing a lot of the heavy lifting, and I'm just coming up with names. That's really my my thing. <laughs> but yeah, man, Darrell Henderson. It's gonna be very. I mean, just when you thought like, oh, Eno's the chalk. Here comes Henderson. Yeah, you know Vegas thinks it should be a, a fairly positive game script. Um, for the Rams, a lot of personnel changes with Carolina, obviously, and we'll see how they respond. I, I don't know. Um, this XFL was the week Super for Acres, man. This was the week. If you're a, you know, a grinder back and you're not involved in the passing game, you want that 20 point lead. This was the game for this was the game. This this was the game. And this is the game he decides to 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 you know have a disagreement with the coaches and, and have to take a week off. To he's in timeout. Is that what is that basically what McVeigh said that he's in timeout? He's in the corner. Ominous and very unclear. I mean, hopefully it's nothing too serious. What do you mean? It's hopefully it's nothing. Week one basically was what happened. Yeah, week one they just said you're not going to play much. He is having problems off the field in the locker room. Something is wrong, and it's not even like he's playing that well on the field either. It's not like he's breaking off long runs. It's not like he's Nick Chubb, but like he's an asshole, you know, and then there would be some decision to make if you're the coach. No, it's an easy decision if you're the coach. It's like you're not playing well, and clearly you're not getting along with key people, so just stay home, buddy. (laughs) We just keep spinning the wheel of either mystery or misery with the Rams, of course, the whole Allen Robinson situation where I think most of the industry has given up on him being a thing. Now it's like the Travis- Stafford's the worst quarterback in the league. <laughs> I mean, he's like the QB, what, 22 in fantasy? Terrible. He's the I, most yeah. underperforming quarterback drafted by anybody to be a starter in single quarterback leagues other than Trey Lance. You can't use <laughs> Trey Lance, though. He's mean, at least Stafford's he's been out there, right, taking – I mean, Robinson's out there. Acres is out there. I mean, the Rams are, they're two and three and they're one of the least impressive, you know, Super Bowl champion. Usually it's the, the loser of the Super Bowl the previous year, right? The runner up, you know, struggles the next year. Oh, the Bengals. Typically though, the champion (laughs) can, can bring it the next year, but not this time. Yep. Now that we have some some like real data and we're starting to pick up on trends, you know, the NFL in sample sizes, it's like, what the hell is six weeks in the grand scheme of things? But here we are. What What is your macro view of the Rams? Like what, what's the panic meter at for you guys with, with who the Rams are or who they're becoming, who they already are? I think it's DEFCON four. Like <laughs> you're, you're pretty concerned, especially with the offensive line. Like Stafford hasn't been able to do anything under pressure. Like, either Allen Robinson is toast and they overpaid him or they don't know how to use him. I think you, you know, I want to have some faith in McVay cause he's definitely kept them, you know, steady for the last five years. But I think right now they're seeing the worst offensive line they've had in his tenure as head coach. And the entire offense is built around that. Obviously like the run game, the pass protection for these long drop backs, these rollouts. So I think that, I'm I'm pretty concerned. I think that they're definitely no longer the favorite in their division. The 49ers defense has looked really intimidating. 
And then I think the Cardinals and the Seahawks can both give them some challenges. Like it's a, there's no bad team in this division for them to absolutely bully. Like Geno Smith has totally outplayed Stafford this year. And that's something none of us thought we'd be saying five weeks in. So I, I'd say DEFCON 4 feels about right for the Rams. What about you, Matt? This is a microwave championship. That's what it was. What did they do? They've been shedding picks. They haven't drafted in the first round since when? When was the last first-round pick the Rams have had? I think it was Jared Goff. Jared Goff was the last first-round pick for the Rams. They've been shedding all their early-round picks. They don't draft, okay? And in the NFL, if you lose players to injury, if you have a very fragile starting lineup and you don't have any depth, you're trying to hit on these you know, fifth and sixth and seventh round picks, and they've been doing a good job drafting in the fifth and sixth and seventh rounds, but eventually you get injuries or you get you know, Andrew Whitworth retiring. You, you need a first-round pick if you want a proper left tackle. Most of the, most of the, the best left tackles around the league are all first-round picks. So if you're not going to have that, right, and then you're going to, okay, we're going to, we're going to send a pick over here for Von Miller. He's not coming back. He's not coming back. He's not coming back. He's not coming back. Now you have a very top, they have the most top heavy, fragile franchise, maybe in the NFL. And so when you take a step back and you realize how they built that, that championship, it's like, it's not nearly as surprising when you see what's going on right now. And then you have McVay being super, you know, uncreative. Right. Every time Akers is out there, it's a run. Every time Henderson's out there, it's a pass. Come on, man. What are we doing here? Yeah, kind of surprises me. Maybe he's a fraud top schemer in the league. I don't know. Like, give me Shanahan over McVay at this moment. Like, no doubt about it in terms of scheming plays. I Yeah, give me McDaniel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Either or McDaniels. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're getting to that point. I mean, we're seeing – I don't know what Robinson's A dot is or anything off the top of my head, but oh. it's like every time I'm have a, watching the game or the red zone comes on, he's running a six-yard hitch route or something. It's like it's – like I, maybe there's more to whatever the Allen Robinson story is. I, I, I don't know. I He was great at Penn State. He was great with Blake Bortles for the most part. I don't know what the hell happened in Chicago. I don't know what the hell's happening now. But you made a point uh, Odell about- Beckham was, was uh, struggled for the first yeah. few weeks there. Brandon Cooks had a lost season there. So it's uh, if you're not Cooper Cup, it's it's a tricky spot. Mm-hmm. Tutu Atwell's been irrelevant. So that was a loss. Tutu Atwell. Right. Wow. A, a Van Jefferson was drafted. In every best ball league, Van Jefferson was drafted. Those, he's scored zero points. And when he comes back, you're going to get anything. I don't know. Yeah, this is uh, this is not the team to invest in in DFS this week, with the exception of Henderson. So it's yeah, interesting yeah. when you add a, a chalk like Henderson, would you also have this chalk in, in Eno, then it be, then you have the war of the chalk and it actually it'll bring down the ownership on both players that where you would have seen 50%, you might see 35, 40%. And so the, that's good, right? It's not every day we give like a 5k chalk running back. We have now we have multiple. Yeah, and then, I mean, you don't have to go too much higher than them to get the Ramondre chalk at 6K. I mean, he's going to be a bell cow against the Browns defense that has not been able to stop the run at all. And then, um, of course, the Kenneth Walker chalk, he's only 5, 5.4K. Oh, my and God. he's going to be a full-blown starter for the Seahawks. So 
Both so it's not possible to spend more. So if you if you're spending more than six K on a running back this week, you're doing it wrong. Because the ownership is going to even out across all these guys. They're they're all going to cannibalize the ownership across these guys, and you 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 shouldn't you shouldn't. Uh, it's a lot less scary going with the you know thirty percent owned running back as opposed to a fifty percent owned running back. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think you're okay with playing one of these chalk running backs and figuring out how to be a little bit different with the other spot. Actually, you know, we have two games that are that seem to be and project much better than the rest of the games this week. And we're going to spend a majority of, of that show on them as well. And, and maybe towards the end, we'll look at a, you know, a contrarian game or something sneaky that sticks out, but I don't know. Should, should we lead into uh, the conversation of the two games that seem to be gaining some steam and have some pretty high expectations for some scoring? Well, yeah, one of the I guys think... is Kenneth Walker and he's in that game, right? Right. You know, yeah, that was this perfect segue with, you know, and Kenneth Walker to talk about, that Cardinals Seahawks game. We've got the Cardinals favored by two and a half on the road in Seattle, 50 and a half point over under neither of these defenses have been able to stop hardly anyone. So what do you like? What's your guys's top favored stack here? We can, we can go straight to the optimizer here. I think that we start off with Kyler Murray, but all of the options on the Cardinal side are appealing to me. So if you guys have any preference between like a Zach Ertz, Hollywood Brown, Rondale Moore, let me know. We'll start plugging this in. I think that the if, if we could go back through the the archives and look at our shows, it's the Kyler Brown stack has been like the don't overthink it. Just keep going back to that stack every week. Yep. So let's just I'm not overthinking it, man. Sorry. Like like we said, you can find you can find creative ways to differentiate your lineup elsewhere, but let's just start with what we know works. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And then I think with this uh, second, and I guess Justin, if you, I mean, I guess you've, you said you've watched the show, so you probably know sort of how our optimizer works, but basically start with our quarterback and then we can lock in two other skill players. It doesn't necessarily have to be like, Oh, we'll use both the locks on this main game stack. Cause we can, force the stacking later on so we can also pin someone else down from one of the other games that we like um like for example if we wanted to take a stance on like i guess i mean a kenneth wonker and Eno benjamin are obviously in this game but if we wanted to incorporate daryl henderson i think he's going to pop up in a lot of optimals anyway Brees hall is very appealing is there any maybe maybe bargain running back we like here travis Etienne. i like it i like travis it Etienne. Uh... i've been on twitter <laughs> twitter says week? travis Etienne's trending toward a breakout if 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 there was just a if twitter was just a single fantasy analyst <laughs> he'd be like all in on etn this week so let's we know that these two games that we're going to talk about today have like by far the highest totals, most stack appeals. So let's just force some big game stacks and see what happens. Like, I think we can allow up to two Seahawks, at least two Cardinals, tight end and running back stacks. Why not? And let's see what these 10 lineups look like. So start off with Kyler Henderson and ETN as our running backs. Love that. Jalen Waddle making it in. He's, I think he's, an interesting option because his price has just gone down so much since the two huge games we saw. But obviously, 
he's dealing with Skylar Thompson as his quarterback, so we can always swap him out. I think Amari Cooper's in another good spot. Got Hollywood and Ertz with Lockett on the bring back. I love all these pieces this week. And then I think the Saints defense, you know, the Bengals haven't really, you know, lived up to the hype this year. So I can see why they're falling in here. What do you guys think? Should we swap out Waddle maybe? Uh, yeah, I mean, just to... Waddle's interesting. It's not crazy. It's it's not crazy. Just, just to echo Matt's sentiments, I, I Hollywood Brown is my don't overthink it as well. I mean, guy's a 39% air yard market share. Just a massive number going up against Seattle who gives up... I think they've given up the second most passing plays of 20 plus yards. I mean, this has... Uh, he has an incredible ce- ceiling this week for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's his last game before Hopkins returns. So it's kind of like uh, throwing, throwing that party just before your parents come back into town, you know, like it's, it's his, it's his final going out with a bang game as the wide receiver one, maybe let's do it, baby. (laughs) Let's have the Hollywood party. Yeah. So I I think this is a very solid lineup. Let's see what else gets jammed in here. Ramondre. What I mean, we called it another chalky running back makes it in with ETN. DK Metcalf is the bring back here with Rondale Moore and Tyler Higby has been just a target monster this year. We were talking about the Rams and he's probably the only one who's been a pleasant surprise out of that entire offense. And even then it's, it's like he's not getting the most exciting of targets, but the just absolute number of targets has been pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, you, man. So ETN also ran 25 routes last week. So I don't want to drive the hype train completely off the rails, but that's a much bigger number than it was in any previous week. So uh, it just, man, it just, that game has a chance to be really, really freaking ugly. That That's the only thing that kind of terrifies me. But um, I think he, as a fantasy asset, is definitely trending in the right direction. Well, the thing is, like, we're not trying to get big exposure to the bad games. Like, if we dat, what the whole point of this is to say, hey, let's identify the games we like. It just so happens this week we have the fewest games we like. We have these two giant, hairy, amazing games. And typically, what we like to do is to say, hey, we're going to game stack the best games. And, you know, a big game stack quarterback so far this year for us, and it's been a big hit, has been Geno Smith. Because Mm -hmm. when you don't have the mobility, you need to have a pocket passer with two upside, you know, boom week potential, spike week potential wide receivers. And Metcalf and Lockett are definitely that. And then so then you've got all of a sudden you've got three pieces from that offense. You can take two pieces from uh, on the bring back. Then you look for a skinny stack in the other game. So a wide receiver and a running back or a wide receiver and a tight end from the other game. And it just so happens that this week in that other game, you have you could do a, a you know uh, you have Kelsey and you have Diggs, you know you have Davis and Kelsey, yeah, you know, and also Juju Smith Schuster's do. So I don't know, mm-hmm. it, but I I don't want to get to that game before we we continue to to kind of sort of you know discuss fully all the options we have with the Cardinals. But if you are going to play Murray, is there is there a scenario where you would also just just put in Benjamin too. We just play Benjamin catches passes. So Murray, Benjamin Brown is another option, right? Yeah. I think that it's definitely in play. Like you said, you know, Benjamin has been used as a pass catching back. James Connor's out. James Connor, obviously 
gets plenty of targets in this offense. I think that you could very easily play Kyler with Eno Benjamin. What do you guys think of Rondale Moore? I mean, we know we've, he's only been on the field for two weeks this year. He's seen a pretty good target share. I think it's somewhere around 18%. But we noticed that his dot changed significantly between week four and week five because of the return of AJ Green. He got pushed back into the slot. His dot dropped down significantly but he actually had an overall more productive game so like what's your guys's spin on on rondale this week he's electric after the catch he could take one for 50 yards for a touchdown that's that's in his range of outcomes it's a thing he can do right that's why you know talent matters when you're watching these guys and you're seeing debo samuel break five tackles and go for a touchdown and you think geez is there any other wide receiver that can do that No. Well, that's partly why you're playing these guys week in, week out. You want to play the best players because it's not just about the usage. Like there's such an obsession with usage. I think usage is, has, has overcorrected a little bit in terms of the, the percentage, the proportion of analysis that focuses on usage. Yes. Usage is the starting point, but also efficiency on any given target is huge. And, and, and the, 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 the type of sort of average or the, the ceiling outcome that you can provide. And, I don't think that most people understand fully just how explosive Rondale Moore is. He's been hurt. He's been relegated. He's been, you know, moved into this sort of a bubble screen role. Uh, he, so not really, you know, a full understanding. It's like everyone realizing all of a sudden at once, oh yeah, Curtis Samuel, he's an explosive mm-hmm. playmaker. That's right. That's right. He probably shouldn't have been the last pick in best ball. Probably not. Right. So I think that's a similar thing that's going to be happening th- last week and then into this week with Rondale Moore, like a, like a, a re-realization that this guy runs a four three and he is super slippery after the catch. Yeah. And the thing with Rondale this week, too, is like you're not sneaking him past anyone. His ownership projection right now, I see 15 percent on DraftKings, 14.6 percent on FanDuel. He's so cheap that he's kind of automatically being used as the free square in this game or one of the free squares in this game. Obviously you have Eno and Kenneth Walker among the running backs. So I think that like, does that affect your willingness to play Rondale? Cause it's not just like, we're not, we're not sneaking him past anyone. Like I said, I guess that I think that's a, definitely no, my, a prior- my, my priority is Brown. My next yeah. priority is Ertz. And then probably the next priority after that is, is, is Eno. No, he's not a priority, but, he's just going to fit so often that you're going to have a bunch of a bunch of Rondale more. I think if you're, if you're focusing on these games in your portfolio, then your ownership is probably going to be ahead of the field just because of how often you're going to need him to make these lineups work. Mm-hmm. So it, 15% here, uh, I think what, what, what is our, what is the, the, the that column, the 40% column, isn't that the ex- our exposure within these 10 lineups? Yeah, right. But I mean, just within these 10 lineups, you can already see with the Kyler Murray, he's 40%, right? And he's going to be on runbacks too. He's going to be on bringbacks when you do a uh, Geno Smith lineups. And then when you do Josh Allen lineups and you do Patrick Mahomes lineups, he's going to be showing up again. So I can yeah. guarantee you it's going to be greater than, than, than the 15% when it, it, given our process that we typically advise now in the settings on this you can determine right whether or not we use 
a running back on the bring back. So in the stack settings, I believe you can say, do not use a running back. Okay. We, I think we can control allow running stack. back stacks. Yes. You see that allow running yeah. back stack. Yes. That is essentially, that's an important thing. So for example, if you were going to do a Matthew Stafford lineup back, you know, a week ago or two weeks ago, you would say no, because you wouldn't want acres in there, right? Acres yeah. has negative correlation with Matthew Stafford. These between the tackles grinders, you know, even Derrick Henry, especially you're not going to play Tannehill with Henry. Like that was like, is there a worse play in all of DFS than Tannehill Henry? Can anyone think of a worse play? I, I think that's like, that would be like the yeah, dictionary. The that would example. be the dictionary worst play of all time. Right. But we all agree, you know, Benjamin is a slick pass catcher and that's not necessarily negative correlation. We're more, we're, we're more concerned about optimizing and getting a, a, a share of all the points in this game. And as long as this guy is going to go out and get five plus targets, which you think he will, then you should set the, that, that particular setting to yes. Mm-hmm. And so since we've been hinting at, obviously the bills and the chiefs is the other monstrous game on this slate. Do we want to maybe try building a lineup where we pull in pieces from both of those games? So we can like take out Travis ETN here and maybe force in, I don't know, a Diggs, Kelsey, Gabe force Davis, in Kelsey. I want to see what happens when you force in Kelsey. Yeah. I mean, Kelsey's he's... another guy where it's like, uh, I think this is a good thing. Like, I just think back to August when it's like, hey, guys. Um, so it's just, it's just like it's just like with Hollywood Brown. So, uh, you, you know, you know, Hopkins is gone, right? Right. You know, there's no Hopkins in the first five, six weeks. Right. Right. So, yeah, we're probably going to play a lot of Murray and Brown stacks from week one on. So probably should draft him, in, yeah. you know, in, in, in seasonal leagues. Right. Well, I got another news for you. This is a little late. Tyree kills actually in Miami. <laughs> I know we've done this bit before with Eric, but you know, there's new the, Tyree kills gone. So you could just keep going back to Kelsey on a loop as long as the, as the, the pricing isn't crazy. And I think the pricing's still like under eight K it's not crazy. Did he, I, what, what do you have 17 or 18 touchdowns last week? <laughs> yeah. 7,800 on DK. You know, like, yeah, he's $800 more than Mark Andrews, which is, you know, definitely a bit of a, a tier break just even between those two guys before you get into the way bigger tier break after them. But look at the I game think, they're in, right? So, yeah, even, I if they're, even if their production is similar and it's not like Kelsey has all those extra touchdowns, that's why. But one guy's going to the Giants, one guy's playing the bills at home that so you're the ownership on those two guys should be wider than it is yeah i think there's definitely some concern with kelsey he's been like the only he's been the only real threat the chiefs have been able to score with this year so i do wonder whether the bills defense like they have enough talent with their linebackers and their safeties they might be able to say, okay, we're taking Kelsey out of the picture completely and you have to beat us with some with everyone else. And I think that's definitely at least something of a concern for me. What about you guys? Wait a second. Oh, no, hold on. Hold on. If, if we're going to obsess over usage 
and we're going to love the guys that are getting the heaviest usage and in the, in the greatest roles and the best in, in the best offenses. Well, those guys are necessarily the focal points. You could make that argument about most guys. You could be making that. What about Cooper Cup? You can make that argument about Cooper Cup. When are they going to stop him? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so the answer was no. <laughs> well, no, I, 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 you know, well, let's, let's, you know, we, yeah. So, we, I mean, I guess we can walk through this Austin lineup that we weigh in on this, you know, Juju Smith Schuster has to score eventually. Right. Like if you would have told me he plays with Patrick Mahomes and has gotten eight targets in four of the five games he's played and he hasn't scored, I, I would have said, I don't know what you're smoking, but like, it sounds pretty, it sounds like this is some pretty good stuff. So, um, <laughs> I, I bet, like, I don't know. I mean, we have Juju and Valdez Gantling both carrying projected to carry like 13 to 15% ownership as of right now. So you're telling me Valdez Gantling's carrying double digit ownership on a main slate kind of tells you what the public thinks this game is going to do. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, I feel like more people should be going to Travis Kelsey for whatever reason they're going to mm-hmm. the big play ADOT guys. So I, I have no problem with going right back to the well every week until Kelsey's like, 9k or just something absurd i mean he's just Justin, you keep... sound like you're good at this oh no i'm just a big fan of the show <laughs> it sounds like you know what you're doing <laughs> i mean it, it's some like you said you're not, not overthinking the the, the the most obvious plays which we, we shock the world by advocating right like don't over, keep it simple i mean you <laughs> some of these Wally plays Brown. it's like guys like i just feel like every week the industry just tries to galaxy brain each other even more and more and more and more until a guy like valdez scantling's 20 percent on a main slate and we're like how the hell did that happen <laughs> <laughs> no, i like juju this week don't we like juju this week Darryl? yeah absolutely yeah no, i'll I die on that hill he's gonna score eventually maybe he'll even score twice <laughs> yeah i know exactly like he's got it w- man Patrick Mahomes has obviously an above average touchdown rate. He's just that good of a quarterback. The Chiefs are a very efficient offense. You don't get, you know, almost 40 targets across five games and keep up that pace without eventually finding the end zone. I mean, I think he's obviously looked less efficient than we would have hoped, but yeah, like target touchdowns follow target volume. That's like a basic rule of fantasy football. So I'm I'm on board. I think yeah. that I think that we like in this lineup just that you know we forced in Kelsey. I can see that you know we're kind of paying the price in terms of getting Cobb and Rondale more. It's like you end up having two bargain bin receivers while also having to play two of the cheap chalk running backs. Um. So I guess like is that I think go back know, and put in go back and put in Juju. See what happens when you put in Juju. Instead of Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, where's he priced at this week? Yeah. And Kelsey just obliterates Buffalo when they play. Buffalo has actually been pretty good against tight ends. I mean, but if you go back and search his last four games against the bills, he's scored six touchdowns, two multi-touchdown games. So it's just death taxes and Travis Kelsey against the bills. Honestly, at this point. Yeah. That makes, I I hadn't quite looked back at the splits against the Bills specifically, but that's that's a pretty jaw dropping number. So we got Juju in here. Still have Ertz and Hollywood coming in together nicely. I think Amari Cooper. We know he's lines up as a good play. I think that, you know, 
as far as the overall, like if you compare this receiving core with that one we saw in the last lineup where we have to pivot to Rondale and you have to suck up the value with of Randall Cobb. I, I mean, the difference is the difference between Zach Ertz and Travis Kelsey that big, I guess is, is ultimately the question, right? Pretty much. And yes. <laughs> right. I mean, this, yeah. the ceiling, theoretically, the ceiling difference is pretty monumental, right? I mean, I mean, this game could go into overtime. I mean, there's so many. It's just crazy. With the new coin flip rule. I mean, it's, rule. It's, it's, it could be. Oh, my God. 35-35, 38-38 going into overtime. I mean, it's just what we what we found so often is there are games that where these these quarterbacks that don't fire or, you know, you have, you seem to have what, what is supposed to be a shootout and it doesn't fire, but there's always something that is, that is standing in the way. There's always some quarterback that you're, you're that it's actually been struggling. Or you're talking yourself into to, to say, okay, this is why this is going to shoot out. And you're relying on two bad defenses or something. The, the most consistent shootouts are those where you have the two elite quarterbacks. That's mm-hmm. where it almost it's it's that you can set your watch by. That's the one. And we can go back to the last year's playoffs. And, th- and that's what happened. I think you could argue that the Bills and Chiefs defense as, as, a, as a together had more firepower defensively last year in the playoffs. than they do now. Um, so uh, I think the only it didn't matter. It's not going to matter. It's just not going to matter. Yeah, when you the have these upgrade, two quarterbacks. The upgrades the Bills have had on their front seven, especially adding Von Miller. I think we saw what the Raiders did to Pat Mahomes, and they had him shaken up for most of the first half. But it's like end of the day, you look at the box score, and they scored thirty points, and Kelsey had four touchdowns. Like you can you can get to Mahomes, but the Chiefs are still gonna like leave you pretty battered and bruised. So I think I agree with your point there. Yeah, and the and the, the Chiefs are, are are not quite what they were last year on defense. So it's it's I just uh you know what other games do you want exposure? I mean, is there a, any game on the slate other than these two where you would even want more than two where you even would skinny stack? I think another angle about why this game is should be so damn good is the the willingness to not run the football, um, especially with two elite yes. quarterbacks, especially with two elite quarterbacks who who are definitely taking this game personal, but neither team. Okay. So out of all the ball carriers between both teams in this game, there's been one instance where somebody has had more than 12 carries. We already know that's it. There's been one ball carrier on each team uh, through both teams that have had more than 12 carries in any game this season. Um, it's kind of funny. Cause I saw Eric ta- uh, gave one, gave Devin Singletary, one of our expert tags and wrote a little, a little bit about him. And I knew that was his blurb. I'm like, I don't even have to look to know Eric tag Devin Singletary in this mm-hmm. thing. Um, he was a monster down the stretch, and he was really good in that Kansas City-Buffalo uh, playoff game, by the way. I mean, he was getting double-digit carries every game, scoring multiple touchdowns. Th- that's the pivot of all pivots. Do I think that's a likely outcome, that Devin Singletary is going to have, you know, 75 total yards and two scores? No, but it's definitely in the range of outcomes, and that is – like Singletary, I think, is the sole way to get completely different – turn this thing upside down on his head. But mm-hmm. both teams are going to pass so much, the clock's going to just be stopping – so much more than any other game. I mean, we know Seattle and Arizona are still going to attempt to run the football to, to some capacity in comparing these two games. It's kind of apples to oranges. For sure. But 
I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if, if you know, Mahomes and Allen threw the ball 45 plus times each on Sunday. Maybe a little bit of a hot take. That's a little high of a number, but um, no, well, he, Singletary is actually less expensive on FanDuel. So the ownership on FanDuel, the ownership projection on uh, for for Roto Grinders has a nine point four percent. So Roto Grinders is is in in into Singletary, but also he's not a strong pass catcher, right? I know he's had a game or two where he's caught some passes, but he only has eighteen receptions on the season. That's never been a big strong suit of his. Is you're trying to get the touchdowns in in any given week. You're trying to get a week where he gets a couple touchdowns, even though he only has one rushing touchdown on the season, right? So, but I think that in, in previous, the previously, the way you would consider, I mean, he had that one, I mean, he had one game against Miami with nine receptions and hasn't had five or more other than that one game, right? It was those, it was those games last year where he closed out the season strong. That's when you saw multiple touchdowns. Right. And I think that right? you had three straight weeks, week 17, 18, and then that playoff game against new England, three straight weeks with two touchdowns. So I think that's what you're hoping for with Singletary. It's not your the, the uh, way more likely you're going to get the touchdowns as opposed to like a, a big pop in the receiving game. Right. And I think the key with Singletary is at least so far this year, what the bills have done is if they're blowing out their opponent, they'll let Singletary take a few more drives off, give James cook and Zach Moss more touches. Like they've played five games. Three of them have been blowouts in those games. Singletary's snap share has been below 60% every time. In the two games where the Bills have really needed their offense to be at its best through the entire course of the game, Singletary saw the nine targets against Miami. He was on the field for 87% of snaps against Baltimore. I think that this is exactly the kind of game that just screams Singletary is going to be on the field the entire time because they trust him and they don't have anyone else. This just, man, I, I, I want to take the bait so badly because it just seems like I want to dump in a single entry build, throw Devin Singletary in there and be really sad by like 7 p.m. Eastern when he has eight <laughs> carries and, and three targets and doesn't do anything. To no surprise, when leading by seven points or more, Buffalo leads the league in pass percentage. Like, are they really just going to change their identity in such a such an alpha game between Allen and Mahomes? Are we really going to ride Devin Singletary? I, I know there's no, I don't know if this is the right, of verbiage transitive properties in the nfl maybe i'm using words that are way over no, that's right that's right you did you got it right it's right thank you all right <laughs> plus one did something right producer steve plus one um but like man i just can't stop thinking about what josh jacobs did to that kansas city front last week i mean excuse mm-hmm. yeah i mean just gashed him but i, I just and think this is josh Allen's that is game. like one tiny thing that i think may play a factor in this game and maybe part of why the Bills are favored by three on the road is the Chiefs are playing on a short week. They have they played on Monday night. They have one less day of rest than the Bills going into this game. And in a game where you have two just completely loaded offenses and they're going to need every advantage they can get, I think that's a fairly decent advantage that, you know, is strongly in the Bills' favor. It, it, Kansas City didn't didn't necessarily look great either. I mean, the Raiders did Raiders things. Like, I don't know how else to say it to, to lose that football game in a mm-hmm. nutshell when Renfro and, and Adams collided and hit each other on the last play. I mean, that pretty much sums it up. So that, that's a great point about um, the lack of rest and 
quite frankly, that Kansas City secondary, I think as you alluded to, Matt, it just isn't very good at all this season. No, no, yeah. They they you know, the Bills have, have upgraded, the Chiefs have downgraded, but still, whatever. Like it 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 Yeah. So we've got Josh Allen here. It's still it's still Mahomes. Still they're still gonna score some points. I mean, it is po- I mean, I guess we the Bills are even better this year on defense. They've added they added the you know Elam has not does not have a great coverage rating, and that's another nice thing I like about Juju. He's supposed to match up with Elam, who has struggled this year. He is a rookie, but then again, they've added you know veteran pass rushers. So, I mean, there is a scenario. There is a scenario where this is just a bad matchup for the Chiefs, and it's on a short week, and they get beat pretty handily. That is a scenario. Yeah, I think I'll definitely be building some Bills onslaught lineups where you bring in, you know, Josh Allen with Diggs and Davis and Singletary and maybe even the Bills defense, like just That's hope for a defensive touchdown and they just completely yes. obliterate the Chiefs. I think that's very Dude, much strip an sack? outcome. That's strip sack play. touchdown for the Bills? <laughs> Dude, Bills, go old school, Bills Singletary? Bill Singletary? Nobody yeah. owns that combination in any tournament you're in? Like, at all? That's going to be an unknown an unknown pair that correlates, right? So it def- mm-hmm. it, it's, it's old school rushing and defense correlation. Yeah. What the hell do we know about defenses anyway? I mean, it, like, it's the worst. So talk, volatility is NFL defenses, you know? You can get lit up and have a strip sack in garbage time and be optimal. It's That's tough. what I'm talking about. They yeah. they already scored, the, like, 12 fantasy points a game. I mean, how many defenses score even 10-plus fantasy points a game? This is an outstanding defense. I don't care who you are. And the, the Kansas City offensive line is not as good as it was. Singletary is a great play in these in these games against higher level competition. And then sure, you could add a add a Davis, add a Diggs in there, whatever you want to do, add a McKenzie, go crazy weird. Yeah. With it that, looks like with Dawson that, with Knox your skinny stacking on that game. And then you can do a, a, you can with your with your Murray stacks, you can do crazy, all kinds of crazy, weird skinny stacking in the Chiefs-Bills game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Absolutely. Do you guys want to let's build a few Josh Allen lineups here? I think we've been talking about Singletary so much. I feel like we got to throw him in there. And then do we want to lock in Hollywood Brown? Get, he gets my get our favorite piece of the other game. Or do you guys have a preference on that Cardinals side? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've always. <laughs> you yeah, don't have I mean, the, the one thing I will say about the, the, the Seahawks is that be, I'm assuming Lockett plays. He's going to play, right? I think so. Yeah, Seems like it. He's going to play. So, I mean, their production's been similar this year, but Lockett's a full $1,000 cheaper on DraftKings. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that you may lean into the pricing to help get you more differentiation by going Metcalf. Mm-hmm. I also I also don't mind Zach Ertz in a build where we're not using Kelsey. I, I mean, it's a fantastic matchup, and he's so damn cheap. So, like, I don't, I don't mind going that route if you, if you need it. Um, you know, if we're not using Kelsey, right? Uh, Looks like that's what happens here, where nice. we've got Hollywood, we've got Ertz, and then we get McKenzie and Singletary along with Josh Allen. I know that the, you know, we talked about the Bills' defense, and I think they're cheaper than this this week. We go down to twenty seven hundred for them, and I mean. Look at all the pieces in this lineup. We might even we could flip this to Gabe Davis if we even wanted to. Like, I think that this is just like I'm looking to build as many lineups as I can with like at least five players between. Well, these if, two if games. Diggs isn't in here, then you could absolutely put Davis in. Yeah, yeah. Was, so you you, you could on. go to you. Yeah, and by the way, if you change the settings and you wanted more stacking, right? Yeah. If you wanted to add more correlation then that would have happened. That would have automatically put Davis in there. Yeah, I've currently got it at like two to three stacks. So as it started with a base of Singletary McKenzie, I think that's the thing is these offenses, especially in that Chiefs-Bills game, you have like two of the most expensive quarterbacks on the slate. Diggs is one of the most expensive receivers. Kelsey is far and away the most expensive tight end. Like you can't build the absolute, you know, most expensive guy on every team roster. So it's really interesting to think about how do you get unique while saving salary. And I think that, you know, this, this lineup, I think does that pretty well. We, we talked if about, you want MVS. more, you need, you can always flip Henderson to ETN. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, you know, as of right now, the ownership no, hasn't no, no, been updated. That ownership yeah. is going to go to like, no, no, no. Yeah, I know. That's, that, I, that's what I'm saying. It's hard to get. But a, right a now, the, the the ownership on ETN apparently uh, the, the the hardest core DFS grinders and the 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 the, 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 the all the volume people they're not quite as into ETN as Twitter because I'm looking at the ownership projections via Chris Gimino and the ETN is he's below two percent on DraftKings, below one point five percent on FanDuel. He's he's a lot more expensive on FanDuel, six point four. I mean, FanDuel, ETN's in. It's great for getting differentiation. 
mm-hmm. at that price point. Just much harder to fit. Yeah, but. absolutely. Yeah, I think I really like all the pieces here. Henderson makes it in again, but this time we got Juju. And it's kind of, I guess that was like the, the 2v2 here is MVS and Amari Cooper versus Juju and Donovan Peoples-Jones. It looks like all the other pieces are the same here. What, what do you what do you guys think about DPJ as a as a you know inexpensive dart throw? I just think the Browns aren't. They're. I think they're going to win this game. They're playing against Bailey Zappi, and I think that this game is going to be like a throwback to the 1940s in terms of the pass run ratio we see between the Patriots and the Browns. So I'm not super stoked about the secondary weapons on on any side of this like i'll play jacoby myers and i'll play amari cooper but dpj hunter henry i, I don't know like i i'm, I'm just I'm saying hey, listen, seven targets nine targets 11 targets so far so they're they're the upside is hey 10 target game for donovan people's jones but it is the patriots defense i kind of don't think it, it would make a lot of sense to even get any exposure to that game at all Mm-hmm. Um, you know, single, but he might be the guy. Like, if you're gonna get, if you're gonna go ahead and play someone from that game, what are you, are you saying? It would be, it would actually have to be like Kareem Hunt, Ramadre Stevenson, and that's it. Just yeah, the running I, backs. I, I'm not a, I'm not opposed to paying up for Nick Chubb too. Like, if you're okay, like I think that's a way to get different in a week where we have all this cheap running back chalk. Maybe Nick Chubb's ownership dips way below where it should. And you just take the easy hundred yards and a touchdown guaranteed. I mean, he's at 7.7% on drafting 6.6% on FanDuel. FanDuel is the most expensive running back in the slate. But I think that, I mean, we all would agree that Nick Chubb has the upside to run for 200 yards and three touchdowns. So yeah, I, I think- home game, but also Barkley's at home and he's what? 500 cheaper on DraftKings. Fournette is 7.4 against pittsburgh see see, nobody will ever play chubb for, and they probably have that exact same conversation in their head when they're building a lineup that's why yeah. it's gonna be different because yeah. no one's gonna play chubb. I, I love it and the three touchdowns game is out there it's, like, it's definitely there new england this is not like this is not the patriots defense when they're making credit card commercials with their offensive line like they are not good at stopping the run so um I'm, so I'm in on oh my god this is interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean, Chubb's got seven touchdowns across five games this year, so I, I don't, I don't see what there is not to like. Remember, every what, every three or four weeks, everyone was complaining about Derrick Henry in previous years. Remember, <laughs> of course, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone, it's like it was every, at least once a month, just a general malaise set in in the industry because oh, it was the Derrick Henry week. Well, maybe that's Nick Chubb this year, mm-hmm. right? And who's to say that it, it, it can't happen, you know, uh, every other week, right? Week two against the Jets, three touchdowns. He literally is because guess who's on a bye week? Derrick Henry. He's the modern day Derrick Henry, at least. For I week. mean, this is and he's so expensive. No one will play him. Yeah, I think just for just for the heck of it, let's see. I mean. It's definitely harder to get away with Josh Allen and Nick Chubb, but I think we talked about stacking these games. We've talked about Geno Smith, B. 
being, you know, you got to do a Gino Chubb. Exactly. We're I can't believe it. this is what we're doing. How did Gino. I did that when we first were, we were sitting down to talk about the show? <laughs> at no point did Gino Chubb was the stack we were going to be focused on. We're going to oh, we make sure we Chubb. demo Gino Chubb, Dario. And let's let's just pin Hollywood as the bring back. Okay. And then we'll see oh, what happens. I, love I think that. we don't I don't think we want three Seahawks, but let's get two, maybe one or two Cardinals and see where this takes us. We're on a journey into the unknown. Got Kenneth Walker in there alongside. You could put Nick whoever Chubb. you want. It could be all chalk because you have Chubb. <laughs> Ooh, we have a juju, a juju touchdown regression. Game. Of course we have a juju. Of course we have a locket. Of course we have an Ertz. Look at this. This is I think this is a very high upside lineup here. Dude, Garrett Wilson at 5K has a, that is incredible upside for the dollar. Man. Let's what do you what think, Justin? I, I guess I have slight reservations about playing Walker with Gino naturally. Like, oh, yeah, he's right about that. Like, are we going to see more DJ Dallas? No, no, no he's right. No, he's totally right. To have DJ that, we I... talked about this rule 15 minutes ago. Go back to the settings. Luckily, we have a setting for that. I mean, it's not quite the Derrick Henry uh, Tannehill cover. No, no, you're right. No, you're absolutely but... right. That would that would be eh. ridiculous. No, no, please. I mean, show show off the setting, Dario. Here, yeah, we, we'll show off the that. setting. But I just want to say, for the record, that Kenneth Walker had two games of three targets. So I think that he's very much. I, I wouldn't completely rule it out. Is is all whether you want to rule say. it out or not? I want to set the setting. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 not that setting. What? No, no, no. Oh. You, could, you could exclude. Go down there. Go, yeah, allow the running back stack. Yes, right. no. <laughs> Boom! That is awesome. I, I agree, though. If you have a wide port, if you're playing 100, 150 lineups, you know, I think you could toggle that setting and maybe leave it on for, a, a you know, a tiny amount depends of shares. If you, if you want 10 lineups, you turn it off. You want 100 right. lineups, you turn it on. Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. That's I how think you that's... do it, bro. That's, Look at that's... that team. Look at that team. Isn't that you know? right? This double, is when you play Henderson. Hurts. You play Henderson with Chubb. You can play all the chalk you want. Oh, I love the double stack with Gino. That was actually going to be one of my points. Like that target tree is so condensed in Seattle, and Metcalf and Lockett are carrying like so much more ownership than any of us want them to carry. Um, mm. Well, they're I, one and three, right? They're one and three. Lock is number one in projected ownership via Jimino, and Metcalf's three. Like if I'm playing a Seattle stack, I'm, I'm playing both of them. I, I think. I, yeah. Lean into it. Yeah. At those prices, it's not like they're it's not like they're nine k and eighty five hundred like they were during like the Russell Wilson peak era. They're they're much more affordable. So I mean, this is a very heavily game stacked lineup, right? We've got both the receivers, and we got Hollywood Brown and Ertz, and then obviously we got to go cheap as hell on the defense. DPJ, some cheap volume, but like. To get Nick Chubb in a in a lineup that we like this much on this game stack, I love that. Can we force the Cleveland defense? Um, I don't know. No, we, we can't. Can no, we can't. Afford. We can't swap them. We'd we have can... to cut salary elsewhere. I think that. No, I know we could. I'm just saying that. Like, I'm just another interesting thing is like Chubb with the with the Cleveland defense. Yeah, I, I don't know if we can like because the Bailey Zappi crash to earth game is very much out there. Yeah, that was I think you know, I I came up with this term myself, but last week I think I'm gonna just call it the zappening henceforth. I told Matt this and he was a 
surprised I hadn't tweeted it out yet. But last week, the that Lions game, I don't know how in the world that we saw Bailey Zappi get a win and on top of that, support a ceiling game for Jacoby Myers. I mean, he's a guy who never gets in the end zone, catches a touchdown from Bailey Zappi. So week five, the zappening was very real. And I don't <laughs> think that we're going to see another zappening for at least a little while. That's right. That's right. And we uh, we could also, uh, I want to try to, we should probably try to work in some Brees Hall too. I like that. I like that. Let's. When we, if my question for you, if we're working in Brees Hall, I mean, is there even anyone you would play on Green Bay? Cobb, I guess, right? Yeah, I think Cobb is your your cheap cheap volume. Because, um, I mean, Romeo Dobbs and Alan Lazard have kind of been 1A, 1B, and Dobbs is probably not very expensive. He's 4,800. Cobb is 4,400. But I think in a lineup like this where we've got Nick Chubb, like un- unless the ownership is really flocking to Cobb and Dobbs is a major pivot, which I don't expect to be the case. I mean, I'm seeing 1.1% for Cobb and 15% for Dobbs. So if anything, you actually want to go cheaper, might as well play the Cobbs or Cobb. And I think that, but even then, I think you can hear the moaning when on the on the Cobb touchdown. He doesn't have a touchdown this year. You can hear the moaning on the Cobb touchdown. <laughs> I can already hear it. You can hear it, Justin. Oh yeah. If we get a Cobb touchdown with a three Nick Chubb touchdowns, there's gonna be a lot of moaning. <laughs> I, I, I I love the Nick Chubb play. His rushing prop lines are so high, but I don't I don't think they're high enough. They were high last week, and I like. He's 100 keep, yards easy. Yeah, they keep going up every week, and and you keep thinking to yourself, oh, man, of course he's going to hit that, but it's so high. Why would I bet that over? And then he and does it week after week. The prompt just keeps going up. Is yeah. there uh, you know, any tight ends you want to play from San Francisco-Atlanta? I think San Francisco-Atlanta is the type of game where you would play a single player in a bunch of lineups. I think that that player, for me... Would probably it wouldn't be either of the tight ends like it wouldn't San be either tight ends because I, I kind of so feel good. like there, I I feel like a Kittle game is coming. I think that's like I can see that, but I mean the 49ers aren't gonna throw the ball any more than they have to, and the Falcons' defense is not much good. So I, I think that we probably see another game where the Niners just run all over them with with Jeff Wilson get some long Debo touchdowns probably. And I mean, Kittle 5,100, not too bad. I mean, it's obviously major savings compared to these guys, but I think that I'm probably looking at Kelsey Andrews, play some Ertz, And then otherwise we can just, you can punt tight end. I think even like, you know, throw a dart at Will Disley and Noah Fant to stack with Gino and maybe catch a touchdown there. Well, Noah Fant would be the other guy I was thinking about because he is a first round pick. Like, <laughs> right. If you're, if you're super demoralized about this whole Kyle Pitts experience, I mean, Noah Fant was Kyle Pitts before Kyle Pitts. Noah Fant was the, remember he and Hawkinson shared a field at Iowa. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
if if Fant had gone to some other school and had the whole passing game to himself, he would have been drafted even earlier with that athletic profile and still not quite breaking through. But he did, you know, he did have his uh, season high in targets of five targets last week. Oh God! And I've seen I, he's he's had games where he he broke free for a, a you know forty yard touchdown. He does have yards after the catch ability. So oh, Noah Fant would and- be that guy that even on a sixty percent snap share. You could see him, you know, breaking through and being a top three tight end that week. You know, I'm just going to take this opportunity to show off our next game module on player profiler because I just looked at Noah Fant's player page and have this next game module where it shows you the defensive matchup and he just happens to be playing the worst defense in terms of allowing points to tight ends. I mean, the Cardinals are giving up 12 more points above league average to tight ends, which sounds that's like sounds like it shouldn't even be humanly possible to give up 12 more points than average. I guess, you know, it's the, the five week average, that's the thing in, the in, TJ in five more game weeks. These averages are going to come down, but still this is Eric. Remember we talked about this. This is like a flashback to like three shows ago with Eric, because we keep talking about we've been staying. So Justin, just to get you caught up even more, we've been trying to stack Murray and Brown all year. Right. Because, again, there's been shootouts we wanted. We've been talking about, I mean, it's been a little bit, you know, redundant. But because of that, we've been running it back with tight ends and then remembering, wait a second, four years ago, everyone was playing tight ends against Arizona. Mm -hmm. You were playing Jared Cook against Arizona. Remember? Absolutely. This is where we're back. All right. Let's I'm going to go. Completely off the wall here and see what happens. Let's do Gino with with Noah Fant and then bring in Singletary (laughs) and see where we get. Why not? This is the in yeah, in in remembrance of one Eric Byam for. (laughs) Oh, look at Mo Sturd in there. See, there's a London. I knew I'm telling you that. It, the optimizer wants to throw a, a, a dart on some player, bring in some player from that game. Yeah, I think that that's that's the beauty of you know we get the cheap quarterback, force in Singletary, who's definitely a value play, and then you're able to pay up for Diggs and Lockett and Hollywood Brown. I and like you how this easily and the comes swap. Together. Do, do go ahead and swap Mostert real quick. Because there's, there's so many players in right. that price Oh my point. god, we can afford look at, this. Look, at look at the swapping. Hall, oh, Stevenson. Man. Yeah, there's that price range is just so juicy. Kareem Ooh, Hunt, you know, like we, he could easily be the one to fall into two touchdowns in that game. Oh, let me explain something else to people. This, this optimizer has a chaos component to it. So it's not always going to give you the necessarily top top optimal lineup in slot one okay this is so when you have 150 lineups there can be a little differentiation not everyone that picks the same settings is going to get the exact same 150 lineups there's going to be a little bit of chaos in there so when that chaos is there what ends up happening is a most dirt will leak in a little bit ahead of a, a stevenson or a hall even though their upside projection is higher but on but on the average, most of the time, 
it'll be a Hall or a Stevenson if they have a higher upside projection. Because inside the DFS Dominator module, we do have the upside projections. And you can see the upside projections for Hall versus Stevenson versus Mostert. But it's not always going to be one for one because you actually don't want that. You don't want that when you're trying to win tournaments. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. We use you know, chaos since, to our advantage a little bit. Since we're, we're talking about tight ends, <clears throat> this is this is this will make you want to throw up. But uh, Dawson Knox is going to play a Sunday in a game with a very high total. Do we have any any interest in maybe like a secondary stack if you're not stacking that game? If you're stacking the Geno game and and maybe running Dawson Knox with like a Valdez Scantling or a Juju or something like that. I think so. You're, I mean, you're speaking the language, Justin. Yeah, exactly. I agree. This 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 is it. We have the, the the mockable, the very mockable, skinny stacks in the best games. Absolutely, that is what we fucking love. <laughs> and we're also looking for, you know, getting unique in these games. Like you can't just play, oh, Josh Allen with Gabe Davis and bring it back with Kelsey. Like no one's going to be thinking of that. Like you, you really have to find ways to get pieces like you can risk going overboard with these games because they have scenarios where they will hit and just go absolutely to the moon. So you, I think you can, and you should look for pieces of these offenses that maybe the field isn't totally gravitating towards and, you know, get your Dawson Knox lineups in there, get your Isaiah McKenzie lineups in there and get, you know, some MVS, some Rondale and so on. Yeah, I mean, this is almost like some showdown principles here. The the game is so tantalizing and so in such a dominant force, such as like sucking all the oxygen out of the slate, that it almost becomes a pseudo showdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like like Knox and Juju are are not guys I don't think I would one off at all. Like like I, I definitely would want them together or you know to some capacity. Also, yeah. like. Did the MLB pay off like the NFL to not have this game primetime? I understand it's Eagles Cowboys, but come on. Like, what are we doing here? This should be under the lights. Well, can't they, don't they have the, or is it only later in the year they can, they can do the, I think only the last, what, four weeks of the season, they're allowed to pivot. I don't think, I don't know. Or can they, or do they have like a certain number they're allowed to pivot? How does that work exactly? Do you know? I, I don't know. And maybe it's just because I'm a little salty because I'm in Northeastern PA and I'm not an Eagles fan. But like, I understand that's an integral game. But this is this is the game. Like, everybody's been. Yeah, I mean, this game. when I saw it on the schedule, I was like, "Damn, that's definitely not going to be on the main slate because that has to be a primetime game." And then I saw that it was a 1 p.m. game. I was like, "Oh, baby, we're going to get Chiefs Bills on the main slate." I'm <laughs> instantly hyped. It's like showdown. <laughs> yeah, I just. I can't wrap my head around completely fading this game. You know, there's going to be the, you know, the tiny X amount of people who are saying, I'm just going to fade the game. You know, it, it's not, it's not rational. <laughs> like, I don't think, not. no, right. we, we've talked about that. We know we, there have been big right. hairy games where there was a 52 point total, a 52.5 total, I believe. It was the Ravens and the Bills a couple of weeks ago. Right. There was that game. We decided to fade that. Yay. And, uh, but that was more weather related. Then the other mm-hmm. game, remember, the other game was where we were cautioning against uh, over ex- being overexposed to Chargers Raiders. 
because of the mismatch between the Chargers front seven and the Raiders offensive line. That's right. And then that ended up going under. So, you know, we're, we, we have, yeah, think, we have, we, yeah, we're brave. We'll, 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 we, we'll, we'll, we'll fade these games sometimes. This one ain't it boys. Just play Singletary and the Bills defense together. If, if you, if you're thinking about fading the big pieces, just, just go Singletary Bills instead of fading the game. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. There's no, there's way too many pieces to do a full fade. That, that actually doesn't make any sense. And the other games are just not nearly as appealing. Like if there was, you know, a Lions Seahawks lurking among the non main games here, like sure, we would talk about that. But the other games on the slate this week are such a clear cut below these two. Like, yeah, I mean, you can, you probably, if you're doing 150 lineups, you should play some Lamar stacks every week. I'm not going to say don't do that. But the, you know, if you're doing some 10 entry or 25 or five, something smaller field, like I think you just have to build your focus around these two games and not get too cute with it. And all four of these quarterbacks being your primary yep. quarterbacks. All four for sure. Is there any, you know, since we should probably start wrapping up soon, are there any other stacks or games you'd like to talk about? We had some, some Tom Brady uh, mentions in the chat. You mentioned Lamar. Um, and I think that has piqued my interest a little bit, at least to some capacity. Yeah, I think Brady and Lamar are the only other two quarterbacks on this slate that I can see myself kind of going out of the way for. Just because, I mean, we can look at the the options here, but... I was actually I mean, going to go a different direction. All right, let's hear it. What about a little picket? <laughs> that's bold konami qb okay 300 yards so give me a rookie quarterback where in his first two games he gives you two rushing touchdowns and then 300 yards and he has one of the best wide receiver trios in the league so and he's so going you know. up he's going against a team that they they flat out cannot run again you cannot run it especially that team I mean, that is like an immovable force against an immovable object. <laughs> right? Yeah. You're not going to, Harris is going to have negative one yards. <laughs> that might so be it's going to have to be on picket. And we're talking about, we're talking about picket down 20. Right? So if you wanted to do uh, picket pickens for net, something like that would be, do, I think that would be interesting. That would be, if you want to, if you want to have like, what I like to do is say, hey, these are my four quarterbacks, and then my fifth quarterback in my portfolio is a fun quarterback, <laughs> right? I like to Lamar's get fun. not fun Lamar, enough. For no, you? Lamar is fun, <laughs> but but Lamar is is easy. Lamar, Andrews, Barkley, whatever. Okay, I mean, there's not like that many choices. What are you gonna do, right? You're gonna Lamar, Andrews, Barkley, or just Lamar Barkley? Okay, fine. Uh, but it's a little more. If you do pick it, it becomes a little more interesting. I'm not saying it's going to hit, man. All I'm saying is this is if there was a stranger things, like if you think about it, right? Just close your eyes, open your eyes. Think about the, 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 the Millie maker winner that hits. That's not from those two featured games. And you're like, well, how the, what the hell? Oh, you used Pickett. Oh, to get salary. Oh, it's not a Brady lineup, man. 
It ain't so a Brady lineup. I think Pickett, that, that's the Pickett. definitely the biggest appeal with Pickett is you just, I mean, we talked about Geno being chip cheap. Um, Pickett's five hundred dollars cheaper. Like, you know, get that. Look Pickett. at him with the mullet in the Pittsburgh. <laughs> He's got the it's swag. A home game. God, got the swag. He's not Guys. recently divorced. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to sell too hard on this. I'm just saying that would be my fun option. But it, it makes sense though, because then you can go like Diggs Kelsey. Like if you want the firepower together, you know. That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Because again, dude, if you revolve your thinking around the two games, right? And then the, the other game we talked about last the last time that I was here on the show was that I remember it was uh Seattle, Detroit. That was our onslaught. That was that was our call of the year, I think. Um, for sure. So, but yeah, what you do is you say, Hey, we're going to focus on these four. And if we're going to go outside, we're still going to reverse engineer that fifth quarterback to get skinny stacks that weren't otherwise available to us. That's what you're talking about, Justin. Absolutely. So if, if Kelsey Diggs doesn't exist, like in, in the real world of your lineups, other, otherwise, that's the whole point of that fifth quarterback that you're introducing. Couldn't agree more. Very That's bold, show, boys. <laughs> Did you want to mention Lamar? I, I don't know if I'll get crucified if I say I was actually toying with uh, Lamar Barkley Andrews and you just like just had not much money at all to spend. And then I'm like, huh, I wonder if I'll ever get an invite back to the show if I come here and say, and whispered Darius Slayton really softly in anyone's <laughs> ear, who's leading the league in air yard market share across the last two weeks. Super scary. Nobody's going to own him. He's 3,800, though. And the Giants have led in these ball games more than anybody could have ever predicted. Right here we are, and the Giants have a winning record. They're winning in London against Aaron Rodgers. Who would have ever thought? Uh, <laughs> is it even possible? Is Lamar Barkley, Lamar Barkley Andrews is possible? It is, but it kind of sucks. Anything's like, possible. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> depending I, that's on how bad you like, the rest I, of your lineup to be. <laughs> I don't. I remember playing with lots of options this this week and kind of just dabbling and, and just taking a, 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 a nice hard look at a lot of the, the 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 more attractive options. I don't remember that being anything I liked. I think you're exactly right that it's it, it ended up with a lot of pukey lineups. But yeah. Lamar, Barkley or Lamar Slayton Andrews does have sex appeal. I mean, I think, I think we asked about this earlier in terms of the, in terms of the, 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 the cheap flyer wide receiver, the lineup making wide receiver. Is it Slayton this week? Just, just absolutely. Is it Slayton? It's, I mean, this is a, this is a game that could, because it's a home game for the giants. This game could actually have some scoring. And, just in terms of the, the the law of the conservation of targets, it Slayton is is currently the main guy. Yeah, the primary option. He's a hundred dollars cheaper than DPJ. Alec Pierce is five hundred dollars more at forty three hundred, and I mean Khalil Shakir is thirty seven hundred. I think that if Wandale Robinson actually plays, and his injury has been something weird all season and he ha- hasn't really played since since week one but i think if wandale's out there too he's 
another mm. super cheap dart mm. throw. He's only 3,600 mm. on that Giants offense. Wow. And he, he's explosive. So even if he plays 35% of the snaps, like at that price, you know, he only need one, right? We just talked about that. And with the Rondell Moore kind of comparison, right? Like it's cheap. He, he He's a yak monster. He is elusive. I just, I don't know why I'm feeling the Slayton game in my Lamar teams if I go there. Um, but uh, we'll see. It's, that's a hot take, but that's where my brain's at right now. Yeah. And there's no, uh, there's no world where you're, you're doing Andrews Kelsey, right? I think I don't know how you afford a good lineup around that. It's too, it's that's too weird, right? No one's doing that. I think you can do punt tight end and one of those guys in your flex. Oh, Bateman was ruled out. Duvernay very much in play. I think I actually mentioned Duvernay in the first mover show on Monday this week because he, he saw plenty of opportunity with Bateman out. And we know that Bateman's foot injury has been looking pretty you know just not good so i i think that duvernay is a good pairing with lamar for sure yeah uh the the you you can play lamar andrews kelsey with juju uh or with uh you know gabriel davis and you'd have to play like eno and and henderson or something that, that's the only way to do that. There's a, just a couple combinations of lineups that you would even be able to stomach with Andrews Kelsey. That's not, I mean, maybe one, maybe a fun one, whatever. It's just, you know, <laughs> it is with Duvernay and Slayton. Suddenly, I guess this game is interesting. Maybe we should have, maybe we should amend it. No, we're going to stay. We're going to stay firm. There's two games to think about. There's two, but yes, Lamar, maybe six quarterbacks. If you don't want Pickett, yes, the fifth quarterback is clearly Lamar, obviously. And if you want a sixth quarterback, okay, Pickett. But yeah, the Lamar stacks with the Duvernay now in play. This that the Bateman being ruled out really helps. Really helps stack. Well, and it hugely helps Mark Andrews' ceiling too. Like, yeah, his you know he goes from being. A thirty percent locked in target share to more like thirty five percent locked in, which it's definitely a big factor. He's still eight hundred dollars cheaper than Kelsey. So when you combine the the salaries of the two receivers, Mark Andrews is seven k on DraftKings, four point seven k for Duvernay. You're still only spending eleven point seven k on DraftKings on Ravens receivers. <laughs> so I think a double stack with Lamar, though that's pretty rare. That this is actually a week it could work. It's not crazy. You know, what do you I, think, Justin? If I don't have any Lamar exposure, I'm go, I'm going to pound his rushing prop. Uh, that's that that's you know that's kind of what caught my attention at first, and then really started thinking about that as my third option a game stack. They're a gap run team. We know that they run gap runs like two thirds of the time. The Giants are by far the worst team in the league at defending gap runs. So, I I think Lamar could could feast. Um, and Duvernay being out, or excuse me, Bateman being out, definitely opens some things up. So, we'll we'll see where I end up. I you know in my portfolio of of gambling, I definitely want some exposure to Lamar uh, to some capacity though. Yeah, I mean if you if you play Lamar, 
you, Lamar Andrews with like a, a, a Slayton run back um, with a Duvernay or, you know, a, a, a Rondale Moore that does allow you to also have like a, you know, a, some, some, some digs exposure, right? Mm-hmm. Some digs, juju, do that kind of thing. Um, so, so there's, there's, you know, you know, little skinny stacks in the other games, right? Lock it, Rondale. Right. So that's the thing you could do is you could do that with Lamar and then you can have these little mini skinny stacks and like one of each in the other two games around yeah. Lamar. So then well, again, you're, you're, you're consolidating the three, the three games that we like the best for it, for these Lamar stacks. All right. I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm off, I'm off pick it. I'm in on Lamar as, which is obvious. Of course, Lamar is a fun option. Of course, Lamar is the clear fifth option. I was just trying to get creative. No, Pickett pick is – no, I think Pickett is fine. And that'll help flip your lineup bills as well because obviously in the rest of your portfolio, <clears throat> excuse me, you're paying up for every other quarterback in your pool pretty much. So, you know, don't don't get off Pickett because I just galaxy braided you guys in the last eight minutes. No, eight minutes rolled out, man. Things change. We got to be flexible. We got to be – we, 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 we got to adjust on the fly, my friend. <laughs> Steve Slayton, man, I'm living in like 2010 still, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know of all these guys, you know, if I had to if I had to get off one of the quarterbacks in, in the two big games we love, it'd probably be Geno. You know, as much as I like Geno, he's not a rusher. You know, and uh, it is going to be a lot harder for him to get there than these other quarterbacks. You could even argue that at, at his price point, given that he's not the rusher that Pickett is, that it might even be a little bit easier for Pickett to get there than Gino. I think that's I thought I was expecting you to say Mahomes. No, I would never, I would never, I've been, I've learned that I've learned too many lessons though. Mahomes isn't running either though. I mean, maybe that's true. Maybe, (laughs) maybe, maybe, I mean, eight K it's a lot of money. That's a lot of salary. Let's look at the rushing attack. Well, I think that Mahomes He's Mahomes the uses attempts. his legs more in close games. It's kind of like a Devin Singletary situation where if the Chiefs are blowing someone out, they don't need Mahomes to bail on third downs and get them a new set of downs. Like I think in a game like this, I'm going to be hitting the over on Mahomes' rushing props everywhere. I think it was like 22 and a half on underdog. Like he'll easily get there. Well, he's got there the last three two weeks. Third down carries. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I knew his I knew his his rush attempts per game. He's never he hasn't had five or more all year. Great. Right. That 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 usually means that this guy's just decided to stop running. But when he does run, he's very tactical. And the last three weeks, he's been running for 30 yards a, a week because the games have been tighter, like you said. And he is and he is athletic. So yeah, I don't man. This is not the you're not gonna. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm fading, I don't think I'm fading Mahomes, man. I'm, I'm I might say I might you could fade Geno and just say hey this is a glad this is a Cinderella slipper week for for Geno to kind of remind us that he's Geno. <laughs> Mahomes seven zero and one against the spread as an underdog, but this just feels like a this just feels like a spot they haven't been in before. Short week, right? Like Bills defense. They've been inconsistent. Yeah. They have, like they've they've had a good halves this year. It seems like where like the first half of the Raiders game, like what the hell's going on? You well, know, the second half of the Colts game. How did they lose that game? Ugh. Right. So like they're playing halves instead of 
quarters, full four quarters. <laughs> wow. I'm pretty much Aristotle with that analysis, but <laughs> I don't know. Interesting stat though. We'll, we'll see. Um, fellas, any, anything else you want to dive into before we wrap up and uh, get out of here? Let's just, uh, let's just let's watch Pickett. See what happens there. Uh, that's I'm suddenly, um, I'm all of a sudden super bought into that game. So that'll be, that'll be, uh, 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 I'll be watching them closely. Yeah, I think that's it for me as well. Thanks for joining us and hosting this time around, Justin. Definitely appreciate you guys. Had a lot of fun. Uh, We'll head out of here. Good luck. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. For Matt and Dario and producer Steve, I'm Justin, not Eric. He'll be back next week. Have a good weekend.